in the apartment wasn't working so well. So if anyone can uh, share with somebody next to them, it would be very, uh, very appreciated. <coughs> so this uh, coming week's parsha after uh, Kairach is defeated, and Magefa plague breaks out uh, amongst the Machna Yisrael, and Moshe Rabbeinu instructs Aaron to uh, perform a Kairach in order to halt the Magefa. And Rashi quotes from the Gemara Mesech the Shabbos that this is uh, Moshe Rabbeinu did this on his own. Hakadosh Baruch Hu didn't command him to do it, but he knew that a k'tayrus would halt him agefa because it was a secret that was told to him, revealed to him by the Malach Hamoves. However, why is it, by the way, parenthetically, that a k'tayrus should halt him agefa? So this in Alpert has a beautiful uh, suggestion that uh, it's because uh, within the k'tayrus there's the chelbana which has a, uh, a foul, offensive odor. And that, he says, represents those uh, who perform Averis, the, the Rishoyim amongst the uh, Kudapashim, amongst Kalal Yisrael. And that's brought together with the other ingredients of the Ketairis that smell nice, which represents a certain sense of Achtos. They all come together in order to perform in the midst of Ketairis, those uh, Simanim, those uh, ingredients that smell, have a present aroma, and those that don't have a pleasant aroma. And he claims that the, the greatest plague that affects Chal so is that of divisiveness, is when we're not uh, together, Be'achtos. But when we're united together, Be'achtos, we can overcome almost all challenges and all plagues. And that's why the Keteres, which represents Achtos, is what uh, is able to halt the, uh, the Magefa. However, the Nitziv uh, asks, or really raises the issue, that bringing a Keteres outside of the Mishkan is, uh, is an Easter in the Torah. One is not allowed to do that. You can't bring Karbonus outside of the Mishkan or outside of the Beis HaMikdash. V'yafa Gav says in Nitziv over here in the Hemakdava, Shanaseh Bazet Isa Lohaitzi Luchutz, even though Meshur Rabbeinu instructed Aaron to do an Avera by bringing the Keteris outside of the Mishkan, as we know, Pikuach Nevesh can be Doecha all Isurim in the Torah with the exception of uh, three Averas, Hachamurais, and this is not one of them. And therefore, uh, the, uh, the uh, um, Pikuach Nevesh would be Doecha the Isur bringing the Keteris Mibachutz, and since the Keteris is what would hold the Magefa, was permitted. However, it seems from here that one is allowed to be Doecha uh, Isurim in the course of pursuing a medical uh, intervention, even if it's uh, somewhat supernatural, as the Keteris was in halting the Magefa. However, the Mishnah in Mesech Yuma seems to imply otherwise. The Mishnah in Mesech Yuma discusses a person who's, hit, uh, who's uh, bitten by a rabid dog. And in those times, this happens to be, it occurred on Yom Kippur, and that's another consideration that's brought up in the Mishnah, but the refuah that they used for a person who was bit by a rabid dog was to feed uh, the person, uh, the victim, or the uh, person who was bit by the dog, the liver of that dog. They thought that that would heal him. Maybe it contained some antibodies or something. So the Tanakam of the Mishnah says that that, that is not permitted. Of course, the dog's liver is ma'achalas asuros. It's not a dog, is not a kosher animal. So, you cannot feed the person who's bit by the dog, the liver of the dog. Ramasi ben Kharash Matir, Ramasi ben Kharash allowed this. Why did the Tanakama, which is how we paskin, why did he not allow this? So Rashi there explains, because eating the liver of the dog is not a refua gemura, that one would be allowed to violate Isurim in the pursuit of that kind of intervention which sounds like it's not accepted medical practice. Even though this might have been something that was done by Visham, it was not something that was accepted medical practice, um, and therefore it was not permitted, if, uh, certainly if one would have to violate Isurim in pursuing that kind of intervention. The Rambam, um, in the Parish of Mishnah, gives a slightly different interpretation, which is significant. The Rambam suggests that it's because this is not based on scientific knowledge, and, uh, you know, has not been proven to be effective. The Ramah writes, 
The only time when it's allowed to violate Isurim, pursuit of a refua, is if it's a Dover Borer Shehigoyon, which means scientific knowledge, Vahanisayon, it's been proven to be effective in you know, scientific studies, Mechaivimoysay, that uh, demands it. Aval Haripo, Bisgulois, if it's something that's supernatural, uh, then no. Because uh, scientific knowledge does not uh, bear this out, and uh, they've not been proven to be effective, and that would include feeding a person the liver of the uh, of the uh, the rabbit dog that bit him. So therefore, one is not allowed to violate Isurim in the course of uh, you know certain medical interventions, according to Rashi, when it's not accepted medical practice, and according to the Rambam, when it's not based on scientific knowledge or it's not been proven to be effective. So you can't pursue you know, all medical interventions, uh, if, well, certainly if it entails the violation of Yisurim, in order to do so. Why not? But we have a general rule uh, that when it comes to uh, you know, life and death matters, we don't follow the roiv. And Suffolk, even if it's a person's life is, a, you know, is in doubt whether or not uh, he'll be, you know, his life is in danger, we would also violate Shabbos. It doesn't have to be in certain danger, even if it's doubtful danger. We would violate Shabbos in order to save the person. So why is uh, a Suffolk Rafua any different than a Suffolk Pikuach Nefesh? So the Radvaz explains that, uh, that, that, um, that the two are not the same. He says over here at the end of the second line, Vaday the Suffolk Nefashas Doche, Avaloi Suffolk Trufa. Suffolk Nefashas is Doche Shabbos, meaning even if a person's life, he's not sure if his life is in danger, you could violate Shabbos. Um, but not if, uh, if a person is only pursuing a Suffolk medication. Suffolk Rafua is not Doche Shabbos. Why, why should there be a difference between the two? So I think one could uh, explain it in one of two ways. The Radvaz suggests, because if we're going to allow every Suffolk Rafua, then people will be violating Yisurim uh, constantly in the pursuit of you know, ridiculous uh, kinds of interve- in- interventions and uh, what they're claiming is a, is a medical form of therapy. Because, unless, or unless it's proven, you know, some standard, people are going to be violating Yisurim indiscriminately. However, I think perhaps we could suggest a more, somewhat more conceptual approach, and that is that when the Torah speaks about refuas being Daicha Isurim, that's discussing only uh, absolute, meaning a certain uh, refuah. For example, the Rambam writes in Hilchus Tumas Meis that even though we have a rule that Suffolk Da'iraisa Lechumra, when we're dealing with the Suffolk Isa Da'iraisa, we uh, go Lechumra, that itself is only a rule Midrabanan, says the Rambam. Midairaisa, we would have said Suffolk Da'iraisa Lekula. Chazal instructed us to be Machmir. But really, we could have been, uh, we should have been mako by every suffix iser. Meaning, if it's a suffix, if my suit is shatnes, it should have been allowed. The Torah, when it's uh, you know, asa the iser of shatnes, only did so if it's a vada iser shatnes. Certainly, an iser shatnes is not a suffix iser. And the Mishnah Yaakov explains because according to the Rambam, the Torah speaks in absolutes. When the Torah says don't wear shatnes, that means certain shatnes. If you're not sure if it's shatnes, so then that's not what the Torah is discussing. All of the mitzvahs of the Torah, the isurim of the Torah, are speaking in absolutes. And the Chavaz Das writes the same would be true uh, for mitzvahs, according to the Rambam. That if a person is uh, when, you know, in doubt whether or not he fulfilled a mitzvah, then he hasn't fulfilled a mitzvah. When the Torah says fulfill the mitzvah of matzah, it means with absolute certainty. So when the Torah says, you know, fulfill the mitzvah of tzitzis, it means with absolute certainty. If you're not sure if you fulfilled a mitzvah, then, uh, then you haven't fulfilled anything. It's not that you fulfilled a suffix mitzvah, you haven't fulfilled anything. The Torah, when it speaks about uh, Isurim and mitzvahs, speaks about absolutes. That's why, the, the quote in the name of Reb Chaim, and uh, Reb Nachem Zemba claimed, it was, uh, the opinion of the Magan Avram as well, that we don't say suffix derais to the chumrah when it comes to mitzvahs, unless a person is sure that he's going to fulfill the mitzvah in the end. Lomashal. 
if a person, uh, let's say, discussing the Tcheles, we raised this issue once in that context, that we're not sure if the, the, what they uh, suggest now is the Tcheles is really the Tcheles. No one is that certain. So should we say, well, so let's say, Savik Dairais of the Chumro, wear it anyway. What do you have to lose? Okay, it's not the same color as the Taurus, but you can be much on that. So, okay, why not do it anyway? Savik Dairais of the Chumro. So Chaim uh, explained that we don't say Savik Dairais of the Chumro unless in the end you will certainly be in fulfillment of the mitzvah. Let's say I'll violate Shabbos, you know, Shabbos for Bikuach Nefesh. I did a Vaday I did what I was supposed to do, Bivados. Whether it will help or not is a you know, different story, but I did something that, you know, I'm. I know that I did what I had to do. However, over here, a person uh, puts on the treilas. Even in the end of the day that he puts it on, he's still not sure whether or not he fulfilled the mitzvah of treilas. So he's not, still never going to be with absolute certainty that he fulfilled the mitzvah. So we don't say, Savik Dairais of the Chumrah. In the end of the day, even after you do your Savik Dairais of the Chumrah, you're still going to be left with some measure of doubt whether or not you fulfilled the mitzvah. And the same is true with regards to Pikuach Nefesh as well. When the Torah speaks about that the Torah gives permission to a doctor to heal the patient, that's with something which is a vade refu. The Torah is speaking about absolute uh, kinds of medications and therapies and interventions. If we're not sure whether this is going to work, that's simply not what the Torah is talking about. And therefore, one would have no license to violate Isurim in the pursuit of that kind of refuah. When the Torah speaks about refuas and being deichi surim because of pikuach nefesh, that speaks about that's discussing where in the end of the day I know I did something which will at least attempt to help the situation. If I violate isurim in the pursuit of a therapy which I'm not even sure is going to help the situation, that's simply not what the Torah uh, is discussing. One could have suggested also practical concerns, and that is if a person uh, pursues into uh, you know alternative kinds of therapies. Often that comes at the expense of traditional therapies. You only have so much time and so much resources and uh, so, much, you know, so many things, that, directions you can go in. And the one always comes at the expense of the other. So to be daichi surim in the pursuit of a therapy which is uh, unconventional at the expense of a conventional therapy, certainly um, one could, uh, perhaps is a, the wrong allocation of, uh, of resources and is, is misguided. Okay, so but according to Rashi, one is only allowed to be daichi surim in the pursuit of a therapy if it's accepted medical practice, if it's refuah gemura. According to the Rambam, it has to be um, something that's based on scientific knowledge and has been proven uh, to be effective. So if that's the case, how then was, uh, was uh, Kairach, I'm sorry, how was Moshe Rabbeinu able to instruct Aaron to bring uh, Kairach outside of the Mishkan, which is in violation of uh, Isurim, or bringing Karbonos outside, you know, one is not allowed to do that, in order to save Kali, so even though it was B'mak and Pikuach Nefesh, to hold the Magefa, this was not accepted medical practice, and it was necessarily not based on scientific uh, knowledge, presumably. So I believe that uh, even according to the Rambam, even according to uh, perhaps Rashi, it's a different way of looking at it, because the Gemara says in Masech the Shabbos over here, Yoitzin bebeisas hachargo v'shein ha-shuel v'mismim in ha-tzolev mishum refua. A person is allowed to go out on Shabbos, even though these things are not clo- uh, items of clothing, he's allowed to wear them in a place where there's no Eruv, because they are medicinal activities, and presumably there's pikuach nefesh at stake. So you're allowed to go out wearing an ostrich egg, or a fox tooth, or a nail from someone who was crucified. Because it's pikuach nefesh. The chachamim prohibited these things. Af even during the week, mishum darke amari because of chukas akum. Abai v'rava dami tavayu kol davar sheyesh by mishum refuah ain't by mishum darke amari. Abai and rava disagree that there's no chukas akum in this discussion because anything that a person is doing in order, you know, it's a medicinal activity would not be a violation of chukas akum. 
Rashi explains when do we apply that rule? Anything that one is doing is a medicinal activity, you don't have to be concerned with Chukasakma following the practices and nonsensical practices of the Umas Rashi suggests, It looks like a medication. I mean, this is accepted uh, medical practice. He's taking medication or he's putting on a bandage. But if it's an incantation, it doesn't appear that this is here. We, you know, we can't see how this is going to heal the patient. We're not apply the rule of culture. We're not be allowed to violate Isurim in the pursuit of such a uh, medical uh, intervention. If it's not obvious that this is something that, uh, you know, that, uh, that this is accepted medical practice. It doesn't look like medicine. So in that case, uh, the Rashi would probably uh, assume that Abai and Rava are poskening like uh, Rameyer, that one is, uh, like the Chachamim, that one is not allowed to go out on Shabbos and these, uh, you know, with these items, with the Beitzes HaChargo and the Shein HaShuol and the Misra Melatzalov, because this doesn't look like medicine. However, the Rambam um, in the Meir Nevuchim suggests uh, somewhat differently. The Rambam suggests whenever you're pursuing a medical form of intervention, we're not concerned with whenever scientific knowledge um, leads us in that direction, it's permitted. If it's, uh, if it's not based on scientific knowledge, knowledge of nature, then it would be prohibited. That which they allowed these items, at least according to uh, Rameyer, they allowed these items, you know, the Shein Hashuah, the Mismim and Atzalov, in order to walk with them outside on Shabbos. The Rambam says, Hainu Mishum Oisim Hazmanim, in those times, Chashu Bahen She'elu Rafus Ha'chichim Anisayan. Even though, according to the Rambam, when it's only allowed to violate Yisum in the pursuit of a medical treatment that is based on scientific knowledge, if it's been proven to be effective, then it's allowed. Why? Anything that's been proven to be effective, even though we could not have predicted that that would occur, it's permitted. The Ramah here is explaining to us what's not a scientific method. If something's been proven to be effective, clearly it's based on scientific principles. Even though we don't necessarily understand why it works, we know that it does work. So it must be based on science or nature, even though it's beyond our scope of uh, you know, understanding. This is obviously based on scientific principles, and therefore the Ramam allows it, if it's been proven to be effective. We know this. People were using aspirin to treat ailments, or people were using other uh, things that occur throughout nature to treat as me- medications, even though they didn't really understand why it was helping. Uh, now we've distilled it, and we understand how the medication affects you know, different uh, diseases or different uh, functions in the body. But those are things we later discovered. But they all knew always that these things had medicinal properties to them. So that is, that allowed, that is allowed, says the Ram, if it's been proven to be effective, of course, then that is uh, part of the normal process of the development of scientific knowledge and the progress of medicine. So the, these items, they assumed at the time, were proven to be effective. The Shein HaShuah, the Mismim and the Beit HaSachargo, even though they didn't understand it, they knew that it worked. And therefore, that itself, says the Rambam, uh, proves that it has, of course, uh, roots in science and, and in nature. So presumably, according to the Rambam as well, the fact that the Keteris uh, halts a Magefa is not something that's supernatural. There must have been a scientific properties within the Keteris that, that would enable it to halt a plague. And that's why it's allowed, since it worked every time. This was a secret that was told to him by the Malachim of his, Must be that there are scientific principles at play uh, for the Ramam, and that's why it was permitted, even though it involved uh, an Easter in the pursuit of that, uh, of that uh, intervention of bringing the Ketiris outside of the Mishkan. So according to Rashi, 
the only time one could violate Isurim in pursuit of a medical uh, course of action is if, uh, if it's accepted medical practice. It's been, you know, something that we all acknowledge uh, works and that uh, appears as a refuel within the community. According to the Rambam, uh, it could be permitted if it's based on scientific knowledge um, or it's been proven to be effective, which then we assume that there are scientific principles at play and that's why it can be allowed. The Rajbah has a little bit more of a uh, permissive stance. If you look back at Oiz Dawid in the brackets, the Rajbah says, that uh, these items were allowed even though they were not proven to be effective. He says, It doesn't have to be a medication and a bandage like Rashi said, that it looks like medication. Even incantations can be allowed. And even if we don't know, you know, that it hasn't been proven to be effective. It's allowed. We don't follow the majority when it comes to Pikuach Nefesh. Suffolk Pikuach Nefesh is Derech Yisurim. The only time they prohibited it is if it's been proven to be ineffective. It's been shown to be a waste of time. Then you cannot violate Yisurim in order to perform that kind of uh, medical therapy and intervention. But if it hasn't been proven to be ineffective, uh, it, can be, uh, it can be allowed. Why then did they not allow you to feed the liver of the dog to the person who was bit uh, by the, you know, to feed the liver of the dog to the person who was bit by the rabbit dog? If you remember the Mishnah Misech Lezuma, um, So the Rajma says, because they knew that that was a waste of time. They knew that that was a joke. But if you don't know that it's a joke, you know, it has been proven to be ineffective, one would be allowed to pursue all forms of medical interventions and, uh, and uh, therapies and medications, even though it involves the violation of Isurim, as long as there's a possibility that it could work. That's there's the such, opinion of the Rajba. Sorry to interrupt, but there's such a psychological overlay. Of course. The placebo effect. Right. So you could say that almost anything, if you position it the right way, yeah. would have a placebo benefit. Even if it's not right, so I think it would have to be, if it's been proven to be no better than the placebo benefit, then that's ineffective. You give a person a sugar pill, but tell them it's the most effective thing in the world, it'll have some potential benefit to that person. I <coughs> see. But that wouldn't, I don't think that would entitle you to violate Isurim, then give the guy a sugar pill, not the pill with the machol asuras in it. You're saying that anything Right, yeah. correct. Yeah. What do you mean? Why do you have to give him the Davarasa and then give him the fake one? <laughs> it's only a placebo effect. <laughs> exactly, so give him the placebo. Exactly. I mean, if, if, if it works, then fine. If it's been proven to be no better than the placebo, I think that means ineffective. Just because people think it works, you know. Why is it not such a problem to what is our? Why do you assume all incantations have their roots in Avodah Zarah? Because you're, you're appealing to a power other than God. You're saying there's something has a power. Oh, okay, give me a second, 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 give me one second, you're right. How do we passkin on this issue? Okay, so what emerges is three uh, opinions. According to Rashi, in order to violate Isurim, it has to be accepted medical practice. According to the Raman, it has to be based on scientific knowledge and proven to be effective. According to the Rajbah, it's anything that has uh, one can violate Isurim in the pursuit of any medication until it's been proven to be ineffective or no better than the placebo. So the Ramah writes in your Adeus and Kufnu and Hey Siv Gimel, Kochayla Shmachilon Lo Iser, Tzrichim Shetehei Rafuah Yudua Al Oy Al Pimumche. It has to be a known medication, which I think means Rashi's position, except in medical practice, 
or it's based on a qualified physician, which I think is including the Rambam's position, that if it's based on scientific knowledge, let's say you have an experimental procedure, which hasn't been proven to be effective, but we have reason to believe that it might be. So then one could violate Isurim, uh, according to the Rambam, in the pursuit of that kind of medication or that kind of therapy, even though it hasn't been proven to be effective because it's based on scientific knowledge and what we presume might work. Even though we don't know if it will work in that kind of situation, we'd say, uh, perhaps, according to the Rambam, According to Rashi, that wouldn't be good enough. It has to be known to work. It has to be accepted in medical practice. We know that it works. It's a refuah yidua. But uh, when the Ramah Rama writes, or it's based on an expert, I think he's coming to include perhaps the opinion of the Rambam that if it's based on scientific knowledge and we have reason to believe that it might be effective based on what we know about the nature um, and science, then uh, that can be permitted as well, even though it's an experimental procedure. What's kolchola? Means even if it's a pikuach, oh, yeah, even if it's a chalashayim, but I kind of. Is that true? No, he's coming to even though when it comes to you might have said anything is permitted. I could violate his suim for anything because it has to be, there's limits. It has to be a refu yudua or it has to be based uh, on scientific knowledge. But it doesn't seem like we paskin like the Rajva that a person could pursue things that you know, we have no reason to believe or understanding why this should work if it involves the violation of his Let's say it doesn't involve the violation of his I want to do a medical intervention. There's no uh, many times there are isurim that are involved, even if you're not, you know, in asuras or Shabbos or Chayvo Ba'atzmai. But even if there isn't any isurim that are involved, can those kinds of interventions uh, be pursued, you know, at the expense of nothing? So the Shulchan Aruch writes in Hilchas uh, Reifim in Simen Shin Lamed Vav, a person should not engage in any refuah unless it's with the best doctor that's available. Elam Kain Hubaki Velo Yehei Shom Galo Mimenu. There shouldn't be any greater doctor. If you're engaging in, uh, in the advice, you're following the advice of uh, you know, an unqualified physician or someone who's not the top in their field, that's a tantamount uh, to murder. Why? Why can't you follow the advice of people who aren't the top in their field? And I believe that that's because every intervention comes at the expense of something else. Whenever you do something or focus on something, unless you've exhausted all possibilities, um, so then it's coming at the expense of something else. So if you're engaged in following this guy's guidance, you're, you're missing out on the advice of the top doctor in the field, and that itself could be tantamount uh, to, uh, to Shaif Akdam. And that's the problem nowadays. It's popular. There's a rabbi from, uh, a rabbi from uh, Lakewood who printed a safe on alternative therapy, uh, Rabbi Shmurla. And the, the problem with many of his things that he, he suggests, he argues that many of them do work, even though they haven't been accepted by the medical community, and many disagree with his uh, findings, that he doesn't know how to you know, process statistics and things. That, you know, obviously, it's a, a side discussion. However, uh, even if uh, you would accept that there is legitimacy to many of the things that he discusses, which are popular in our time, these energy and chi and uh, all the, the things that no people book. discuss, all everything... So, but that always comes at the expense of something else, which is an argument that many have made against this Rebbe Shmurla. Even if, even if there is something to be gained, which that is itself is debatable, um, and whether or not you can violate assume in the course of that therapy, is, of course, is a further, uh, you know, that doesn't seem to be permitted. But it all, everything always comes at the expense of something else. So if you're pursuing this, uh, oftentimes people place their resources and time in those kinds of therapies at the expense of the traditional therapies, which the Shulchan Aruch seems to say is Hareza Shefechdam. Unless a person is uh, following the best medical advice that's available, uh, that that is, uh, that that is, uh, uh,
not appropriate. However, I believe that this machlekes, okay, so I don't think we pass like the Rajput, you cannot violate Isurim uh, for a medication or course of, uh, of action, even if a person's life is in danger, unless it's uh, either been proven to be effective, it's a refua yudua, or it's based on scientific knowledge. We have reason to believe that it will be effective, even an experimental procedure. The Rajba had a more, again, as we uh, explained, a more permissive view that anything can be allowed until it's been proven to be ineffective. I believe that this machlek is between the, the, uh, the Rambam and Rashi and the Rajba perhaps has, uh, has more far-reaching uh, consequences. And it's really based on a larger discussion that exists, be- a running machlek exists between the Rambam and the Ramban with regards to many issues. The Rambam writes in Hilchas Avedah Zarah that uh, all of Avedah Zarah, all of these sermons that involve Avedah Zarah, Hadvarim Ha'elu Kulam Divrei Sheke V'chazavein. They're all uh, lies and deceit. There really is uh, no substance to avoid We shouldn't waste our time with these kinds of uh, with this kind of silliness. To think, to even ponder that these things have uh, can be uh, effective is a waste of time. That's why the Torah prohibited us from engaging in them and told us at the end, you know, in Parshas Ekev, Tamim Tiyah We should be complete and only trust in a Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Ramban, in his comments on that passage in Parshas Ekev, is an entirely different perspective. The Ramban writes, not that there are no other powers within the world other than that of nature. Ramban says, of course there are other powers, there are supernatural powers that exist within the world. Tamim Tiyah just instructs us, we should only seek uh, to... Uh, to, uh, in a case of crisis or when we need something, we should only seek uh, the, the assistance of the Rebani Shalom. We shouldn't seek the assistance of these other powers that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created to operate in the world. We should only look to HaKadosh We should only look to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because, uh, as opposed to looking uh, elsewhere. Don't look to other powers. But the Ramban really believes that there are other powers that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created that operate independently within the world. Every uh, nation has its own uh, guide, uh, which uh, is assigned to them. The Ramban writes in his comments in the Saras Hadibros, in the Pasuk, says the Ramban. This is not soy, this is the simple, you know, the literal interpretation. We shouldn't look to them. There are other, you know, power, sources of power within the world and, uh, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu created to operate independently. And that's what the Yisra of Avedazara is teaching us. We shouldn't look to them. Only look to Kaddish Baruch Hu. But these other powers seem to exist, according to the Ramban, these supernatural powers. A Kaddish Baruch Hu chooses to run the world eh, through Teva. But uh, we, we, sh- and we shouldn't look outside of that. But the Ramban says certainly these powers do exist. So Rabbi Yaakov actually um, comments upon this in his, uh, in his uh, comments on Parashas for Aschanon, and the Aseris Hadibros, and Rabbi Yaakov writes like this, Rabbi Yaakov says, it seems that there's a fundamental dispute between the Rambam and the Ramban, with regards to Avod HaZara, the Shittas HaRambam, the Avod HaZara, the Avod HaZara, the Rambam believes there is no such you know, power to Avod HaZara, anybody who uh, prays to it and worships it, not only is he's wasting his time, but he says, 
שהקדוש ברוך הוא התביע בטבע העולם, הקדוש ברוך הוא implanted within uh, the nature of the world, שקאומה יש לו משביע משלו, every nation has its own משביע. Uh, I hate to use a Chabad term. has its own mashpia, its own uh, you know, force which uh, guides it. It has a uh, discernible power. That it can influence that nation. As long as it doesn't affect Klal Yisrael. And the Yisrael, they shouldn't pray to that guard, but that power exists, created, of course, by the Rebbein Shalom, but the Kodesh Baruch Hu gives that, uh, that uh, Kayach within the world, uh, that, that uh, created other powers in the world to guide the Umas HaEglam, and the Yisrael, the Zara is that they're not allowed to pray to them, or the Yisrael of Tam, the Mitzvah, Tam, Tiyam, Hashem, Lekechaz, we should only daven uh, to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. But these other powers do indeed exist Within the world, so yeah. The, uh, Unless, yeah, they're so limited. Why would it help any Jewish person? Even if it has a power for good, why would it help any Jewish so, person? So, uh, uh, g- give me one more second. Because even though, um, we'll address it now, even though nation, each nation has their own power that, you know, f- that is in charge of them, the Ramban has the view that there are things beyond nature which exist in the world. Some of them might be assigned to Musa Elam, some of them might be, uh, you know, f- independent operators, meaning we shouldn't be limited in our perspective in assuming that everything that happens within the world is only nature. But just to flesh it out, uh, this machlekes exists in another context as well. Look at the Gemara says in Masechus Sanhedrin, if you flip the page, the Easter of uh, magic. One is not allowed to engage in Kshafim or Nichush, and the Gemara even says, If a person performs eye-grabbing activities, uh, which uh, caused people to be astounded, that's Aser uh, Midrabanan. It's not Chayev, but it's Aser. Uh, so a magic show would be... So the Bach quotes the Smag, the only time there's an Iser to do Achizah Seinayim or to do magic, call Mine Achizah Seinayim Enonas Ela Yidei Maaseh Kishof. It's only if there's actual magic there. If there's magic that you're using, then a magic show is prohibited. If there's no magic, sleight of hand, then it's permitted. The Rambam... And Hukhsavadis Kachavim says otherwise. It looks like you're doing magic, but of course you didn't do it. Like a Makis Marjus is still Asa Midrabanan. So according to the Rambam, even if a sleight of hand uh, is Asa, it appears like, like magic. According to the, uh, the Smog, it's only Asa if you actually used magic. How should we paskin? So the Shach in Yeridea and the Pisli Chuva, of course, from the Chayyadim are Machmer like the Rambam, that any form of sleight of hand that appears as magic. Um, would be also. That's why some are opposed to Bavadi and others are opposed to all magic shows. Rav Moshe, um, in an article that was printed on Matera later uh, in the Igris Moshe, uh, argues that it's only Yasa if people actually think it's magic. But if everybody knows that it's sleight of hand, just one guy is more talented than the other, so then he claims that, uh, that, uh, that it would never be Yasa because the Rambam writes elsewhere in the Sefer Mitzvah that this is Yasa, Jesus and I'm is Yasa because of Gneva's Das. Um, I'm tricking people, I'm fooling people. And you're not allowed to do that. So that's only if you're actually tricking them. I think in, in nowadays many people are well, well informed and uh, we don't live in you know, that kind of uh, superstitious society. We all know that these, there are certain people who are more talented than others and some people are better at sleight of hand than others. No one actually thinks that it's, uh, that it's magic. Some are machmed that you actually have to explain it to people in order to show them that it's not magic. Let someone... Uh, be taya and think that it's magic, but uh, but uh, I don't you know that's uh, some machmer to that extent. But the way the reason why we are allowed to do magic shows, even according to the Rambam, it's only if uh, people think that it's magic. 
But if it's uh, if everyone knows that it's not magic, it can't be allowed. Why does the Ramam say though? It's even if there's no magic involved, it could be usher. And the smog says it's only if there's magic involved. That's because the smog believes with some of the same schools around Ban that there are, are supernatural powers that exist within the world. Some assigned to other nations, some that might be roaming independently, which can be tapped into by anyone. So the Ramban believes that these powers exist within the world. So therefore, the Sefer Mitzvah, uh, the Smog says, the only time it's easy to do magic is if you actually tap into those powers. The Ramban believes there is no such thing. There is no substance to Abayi Zarah. So then what are we discussing? When is there an Easter of Kisho of Achiz Zainayim? Is when uh, people think you're doing magic, even if all you're doing um, is sleight of hand. And this machlekes uh, between the, the Ramam and the Ramban really goes even a little bit deeper into how they view uh, everything that takes place within the world. The Ramban writes in his comments on Parashas Boy, and perhaps the most famous comment in all of the Ramban's commentary on the Chumash, the Ramban asks, why is it that we have so many mitzvahs, Zechali Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Tefillin, of course, the Lela Seder, we have a mitzvah remembered every day, so many mitzvahs, Zechali Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So Ramban explains that it's because we learn from Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, from the Nisim HaGadolim that occurred, that everything that occurs in life is really just small miracles. I mean, Anisim HaGadolim, for some, from these great miracles which we all acknowledge, we all recognize the hidden miracles that occur every day. Says Ramban, you don't even begin to enter into the door of the base Medrash. Everything that occurs in life is, is miraculous. There is no such thing as nature. The Rambam takes the exa- diametrically opposed position. The Rambam writes in his commentary, Mesechtus Ovis, that there are ten things that were created, the Mishnah tells us, ten things that were created, Erev Shabbos, Bein Hashemashos, of the six days of creation, the Piha Asen, the Piha Be'er, many of the miracles that take place throughout Tanakh were already created, Erev um, Shabbos, Bein Hashemashos. And the Rambam says, why do these things have to be created, Erev Shabbos, Bein Hashemashos? Because once the Rebbein Shalom created the world, he only chooses to run the world through Teva. What about these miracles that are going to occur throughout Tanakh? So the Rambam says, those were already included in Shashas and Mabrashas. They function based on natural principles and scientific you know, principles. They don't, even the Misim that occurred never violated the principles of science. So the Rambam feels there really is no such thing as uh, miracles. Uh, once the Rebbe created the world, he chooses to run the world through nature. Now, of course, Kaddish Baruch Hu, so you ask, how is this Chav the Rambam explains the Marnavuchim because the Kaddish Baruch you know, there's uh, statistics. Every guy who drives a car doesn't get into a car accident. But there are some people who do. So the Rebbe Shalom, that's not supernatural. The Rebbe Shalom chooses to run the world uh, through, you know, what it would all be included within, uh, in, you know, in the natural course of events. There's still room uh, to manipulate things. So Kaddish Baruch Hu runs the world, within what is genuine, but without violating the principles uh, of nature. So according to the Rambam, there, once the Kaddish Baruch Hu created the world, there are no other powers. All that exists uh, is, uh, is Teva. Even the Nisim that occurred were already planted within the Sheshes Yimei Breshis. And for that reason, the Rambam and the Ramban have different perspectives uh, on medicine. The Gemara says in Mesef, this brachis, over here at Dav Yudah Mebez, that Chizkiyo did six things, Three, the Chachamim agreed with him. Three, they did not. And one of the things they agreed with him that he did was he was gonna save a refuos. He hid away, um, or he uh, destroyed all copies of the uh, physician's desk reference. You know, gonna save a refuos. He put it away. Why did he do that? So the Rashba there writes in a tshuva, 
that because people were turning to medicine before turning to HaKadosh Baruch it's not because it was anything you know objectionable about the medications. They were so good, the doctors, that everyone would turn to them and nobody would turn to Kaddish Bachu. So they got rid of it. The Rambam in his parish of Mishnah, he's uh, you know writes at length, and he says, I'm only writing at length. He writes it towards the end of the underlying section. He says, because I heard something that he finds so silly and so ridiculous that he feels he has to address it at length. And what is it that he heard? He heard what the Rajba said, that, 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 that notion that they got rid of it because it worked too well. And the Rambam says, that's ridiculous. Of course, that we have to operate within Teva. If it works well, then that's how Kaddish Baruch Hu expects us to respond to illnesses is through pursuing Teva. The Rambam says, would a person say, you know, it's a lack of bitachon and kadosh baruch hu. If he doesn't put the food in his mouth, chew it and swallow it, you know, and say, well, I have bitachon and kadosh baruch hu will satiate me without having to do that. The Rambam says, of course, kadosh baruch hu places in this world, and we have to operate within nature. And a person has to chew his food and swallow it. So, so too a per in order to be satiated, in order to live. So, so too a person, uh, kadosh baruch hu places in this world, and kadosh baruch hu has to, a person has to be able to function within uh, the world of medicine that a kadosh baruch hu surrounded us, uh, surrounded us with. Why then did Chizkiyahu remove? The Sefer Rafuos is because it was bad medicine. It was quackery. The Rambam writes at the beginning, He says, um, It didn't work. When people were not getting healed, they were getting sicker, so they got rid of it and they were hoidulon. However, the Rajba and presumably the Ramban would disagree uh, because they believe that there are other supernatural things that exist within the world. Nature itself is only because the Kaddish Baruch Hu decides at certain points in time to function you know, generally through nature, but even uh, the miracles revealed to us that all of nature is really supernatural. So if that's the case, then a person you know, doesn't have to necessarily live in the world of, uh, of medicine as, uh, as uh, you know, the natural world would encourage us to. Um, because even that itself is supernatural. So that's why it's not surprising that the Ramban writes in his comments on Parashas Bechukaisai that the only time you have to go uh, you know, operate in the natural world of medicine is if a person is functioning at some lower level uh, of uh, bitachon and reliance upon a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But if a person would reach the highest levels of bitachon, that could uh, obviate the need to engage in traditional medicine because traditional medicine itself, kulam nisim eimbam teva itself is supernatural because the Kaddish Baruch Hu chooses to operate in that way. But uh, the, the nisim hagadayim teach us that everything that occurs within the world is really is really uh, supernatural itself. So the Ramban has this more uh, you know mystical approach to, to the world that there's uh, that there's uh, supernatural powers at play, and therefore it's not surprising that the Rashba felt a person could even violate isurim in the course of pursuing these kind of alternative uh, therapies. Uh, assuming they don't have roots in Avodah Zarah and things like that. Uh, even though we don't necessarily understand the LP science, how it should work based on nature, uh, but there are these powers within, that exist within the world that perhaps a person uh, can tap into, even if it doesn't really function with the rules of nature. And the Rambam, and therefore it's not surprising at all, the Rambam doesn't believe that there's other powers within the world. All there is is nature. HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, operates through nature. That's how he controls the world, rewards and punishes all through nature. And therefore, the Rambam believes that there really are no other powers in the world. The desire itself is a waste of time. There's no such thing as magic. It simply is a, you know, ineffective. So therefore, it's not surprising the Rambam would feel, and that seems to be the way that we paskin, that a person can only violate Isurim if he's pursuing something that either has been proven to, uh, to be correct, that, uh, you know, that it's effective, or 
And as we presume it will be based on uh, our knowledge of, uh, of nature and science. Isn't the Ramban prohibiting it? Is that? Isn't the Ramban prohibiting it?